Comments made on the Ceratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything low vision. And I'm Rodney Edgar from TechAccessWeekly.com, where you can find our latest demo casts on LinkedIn and how to create your own little account that probably no one will look at. But anyway... That is only for business users most of the time. But this is High Contrast, and I am joined by Byron Lee of ByronLee.com and Byron27 on Twitter and Low Vision Rants. How's it going, Byron? Yeah, when was the last time I updated that Low Vision Rants thing anyway? Um, hi, everybody. Isn't that the way it goes? Everybody opens and starts a new project, and then it sort of fades away. I won't talk about that. And... In the virtual chair to the right is going to be Ranger Joe Steinkamp of Serotech, Serotalk, and everything SPN. How's it going, Ranger? I'm doing well, and I'm opening up a site called Low Vision Blue Cheese, because I'm not a fan of Low Vision Ranch. Oh, Rams, Rams, Rams. <laughs> oh, Sorry. yeah, gotcha. Yeah. No, and no, 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 unlike no. me, he actually updates his crap on a regular basis. I would be called high traffic in Twitter terms, I do believe. A lot of the... Cero Talk newsfeed and triple click and that Android show and even EOL comes off of my Twitter feed. So yeah, I do have a tendency to do that. Although my blog gets updated to like uh, once or twice a year, I actually do have some stuff to post there. I just have to get around to doing that. So I am just as guilty, but we do post a lot on Cero Talk and of course uh, the Cero Talk podcast network across our six wonderful shows, which this is being one of them. And Maury can't be here today because, well, she has a life and a daughter and it's summer and we do not blame her at all for wanting to enjoy all of that and not be here today, but we will see you about getting her back on at some point. And Mr. Curry, I have talked to Mr. Curry during the summer convention season and uh, we might be able to drag Mr. Curry in for a special or two at some point later on in the year. Picking oh, don't right? tease us. I know, I know. Well, it's Jeremy who's doing the teasing now. I mean, you know, he gets a song and he just, uh, he's on tour. He's just on tour playing the song. I think they actually play that before he walks into every kind of little, you know, outing he does. Maybe a ringtone. Did he actually stay for that entire episode? Uh, You know, I don't know. It was in his writer. And once one that he actually had the song played, I I don't know that he stayed. I don't remember. Yeah, I I know there was something about. Jelly beans and playing his song uh, or something, and, yeah. and that was about it. Yeah, no brown M&Ms. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I believe that was part of the writer. And uh, actually, he does travel a lot. He's got like a million freaking travel miles. I asked him one day, and he probably has circumnavigated the globe at least once in actual number of flight miles. So, Yeah, speaking of M&Ms, I don't know what it is with me. I don't know if I'm just OCD or something else, but... I tend to deconstruct my food layer by layer. And yesterday I ate an entire bag of peanut M&Ms where I slowly took the shell off, pulled the peanut out, and then ate the stuff inside the shell and then the peanut. I'm just bizarre that way. I don't know why I uh, did that. Yeah, I would say that there is a phone number for people like you to seek help. Probably, and, you know, uh, some sort of support group or something. Absolutely. I would say that would be a problem and harder to do with Skittles. I think. And next week on the Food Deconstruction Podcast, we'll be talking about oh, yeah, how to yeah. deconstruct a Twix bar. You know, that actually does play into high contrast a little. Let me jump in there. We hadn't mm-hmm. talked about this, but I have white coffee cups and I have dark coffee cups. I mean, truly high contrast because when I'm brewing tea, 
I might put the milk in secondarily and I might then pour the tea in first. And that way I have a good level indicator. If I don't want to do the whole stick your finger juice thing in like we've talked about before, if I don't want to do that, I actually will try and sight pour. And so I'll do that with high contrast colors with liquids and stuff like that. With coffee, I sometimes will pour milk in it and then pour the coffee in on a dark background. So that way I put in the white milk first and then pour it in the coffee. And that way I have a good level indicator. But since I've kind of switched where I'm staying right now, I have a Keurig and I've kind of sort of not had to do that as much because those kind of take the effort or thought out of coffee making, which is kind of depressing because I am a kind of a grindy pot kind of guy and make it more scratch and more strong and probably more hair curling. But on foods, like one time when I was traveling, it sounded good at the time, but when I ordered <laughs> chicken fried steak with cream gravy, mashed potatoes and corn, and they brought it out on a white plate and oh. I looked down and it was like... <laughs> Claire, I don't know. I don't know what I'm eating when I'm eating. I'm just going to throw a fork in it, you know, and kind of <laughs> feel with my knife and pretend it's a cane and tap, 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 tap. Have any of you guys ever done that with food? Do you have a certain situation where they bring out a plate and then you realize, uh oh, I, I I might have some issues here. Um, this might be bad. Uh, yeah, steak on a dark plate. Yeah, my biggest complaint always is like you go through a buffet and the buffet's got the real bright light over uh, everything. And yeah. then if there's nobody there to help out or whatever, and you're looking and the tray that it's in is silver, what's in it is <laughs> yellow. Everything around the it uh-huh. is white, you know, so you, you can tell, okay, there's a bowl there. Um, is yeah. that creamed corn, macaroni, yeah. calif- mm-hmm. cauliflower, or... It says right there on the slip, sir. Right there. It says, it says right there. I'm pointing right. at it. What that- slip? What's yeah. it? You can't see my finger pointing that at it there. either, but right there, sir. Right there. It's I'm over there, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really frustrating is those sneeze guards. I know they're there for a reason. It's implied in the name why they're there. Yes, it's to reflect all the light from the ceiling. <laughs> right, exactly. But what's frustrating is that you can't get yourself anywhere near what you're serving up because the stupid sneeze guard is there. In fact, why an ATM machine needs to have a sneeze guard, I will never know. But there's an ATM... <laughs> At our gas station, and it's, if I go in the morning... Because nothing's more clean than money. (laughs) Right, exactly. The money's dirty, but at least the screen's clean. In the morning, that ATM is facing towards the sun. So that's bad enough. (laughs) But then there's this dusty little diangular sneeze guard covering the top half of the machine, presumably to protect it from rain and stuff like that. But the sun is reflecting this dust and the screen is super dim. So I can't get my face up against it. And inevitably, whenever I tell a cab driver that I need to use an ATM, they take me to that gas station, to that ATM where I can't see anything. Does it have the uh, obligatory headphone hole that then doesn't read you absolutely everything? (sighs) (laughs) It reads the numbers and then it, doesn't read you the screen that says, do you want to confirm or deny this account kind of thing? So you don't know what button to press on yes or no. Cause I hear people in my head right now, our lovely audience saying, but, but some have headphones. Yes, I've done that too. And in Florida, it didn't read everything. I still ended up having to use sighted assistance because it was made by a sighted person. So yeah, it depends on the model of the ATM and who makes the ATM. Cause Mm-hmm. In my office, we do Debold and NCR ATMs, and you can get voice guidance on both of them. And one gives you a little bit more information than the other. 
it depends a lot on whether say one of the big networks supports your ATM or whether the bank itself does. We at my bank run our own ATMs, so we code things in the background so that hey, it will actually tell you what your available balance on your card is and that kind of thing. But woohoo! The hardest thing that I've seen recently is management decided, hey, you know, we need to change our campaign on our advertisements. And, you know, we think that these graphics that are primarily white will be great for the ATMs. Yeah, they look great in a dim lit lab. But if you actually take them out in the sunlight, you can't see squat. Weed. It's that whole Google Now syndrome, you know, let's make out white buttons with a white background with white text and a button that when you push yeah. it, it says, please do not push this button again. I've got a story. So I, when I was working at the state government <clears throat> years and years and years ago, I was on a committee to look into the best looking fonts and the best way to magnify <laughs> text for those using low vision within the agency. Comic and science. we met, oh yeah, met a couple of times and then we had to... Not only do that, but we had to do it for headers and footers and then background coloring for indexing and on pages. And we fought for like three months just back and forth and invert colors looks this way and positive colors look this way. And if somebody has done this within the page, it looks like this. But if they use magic or zoom text, it looks like that and did all this lumens and and color variation and all of this debate. And we came up with four possible looks and we took it out of committee to all the sighted people. And the first thing the sighted people said was looks ugly. Go back to the drawing board. Mm, so the most yeah. accessible for people with low vision, the most colorblind friendly, the most invert color friendly apparently did not look pretty enough. And so out it went and three months thrown out the window. So I've been there and I've been on the other side of this, lovely conversation and it just is very frustrating when you go into a situation like that where business cards is another one of those things where i've had to explain to people that my business cards aren't necessarily brailled or if they're brailled they're on the back side of the card so the holes are facing the printed side because you have trouble scanning print if the braille dots are right there on the name or the number and while I believe that it's very important to have accessible business cards, it also matters to have ones that can be read by anyone and everyone, even if it requires some technology. So I get beat up a little bit for that, but I kind of stand by it. And it's Curtis Chong. <laughs> Let me throw Curtis under the bus. It's Curtis Chong who beat that into my head in 1999. You know, there are scanners. And if you're professional and you're doing work or you're obtaining work, then you're going to get more than a business card that you're going to have to scan or be able to read. So this is like the least of your problems. So that's where that kind of comes from. I've also used the gigantic business card. So if I have a, if I have a laptop bag with me, I'll carry those, but those generally don't fold well, don't fit in a wallet. And certainly unless you're having a large phone and cargo pants, those don't necessarily fit in your pants pocket either. So I tend not to use those as much. And like, Rodney said LinkedIn, most people are using their business contacts through the LinkedIn profile or some other electronic way of sharing contacts. Now, I have heard a few people say, you know, if you want to, you could have Braille on your business card that just goes to a web address. And then whoever reads that can go to the web address and the rest of it's print. I don't know if anybody actually does that or not. 
or just the phone number. I know some people will just put a phone number on there and then you have to figure out, well, whose phone number was this again? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> 208. Which area code is that? I, I don't remember. I guess the back of the card could be a QR code that you could scan with your <laughs> I've phone. I've seen that too. <laughs> well, you um, know, the, the, thing, the thing that I run into often, because I work with a lot of people who are not tech savvy, um, it just seems to be the way things are in my particular organization. Um, you know, you've got QR codes and you've got things like LinkedIn and stuff like that. A lot of the, a lot of people don't use that stuff. And so you're leaving a lot of people out in the cold when you don't provide the old school information. And I know it's easy for us geeks uh, to say, Oh, you know, just, you know, throw a QR code or a website or something on there. And you don't realize that we are still, even though the, the internet has taken the world by storm and it's sort of the primary way that many of us communicate a lot of people still aren't here yet. And we have to remember that first world blindy problems. I believe is that hashtag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The oh, hashtag, I know, I know what you're saying. Cause I work with a lot of mm-hmm. nonprofits and I serve on uh, mm-hmm. the board for the radio reading service in Houston side into sound. And that happens when I work with some of the radio reading community, or I work with people who donate to the radio reading community where uh, I will kind of slip into corporate electronic convention geek speak and then have to go, oop, you know, and pull back a little and, um, kind of remind myself that some of these people are still using a Samsung Haven or um, a flip phone. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they not moved off a of flip. My father is one of those people. He loves his flip phone and will be crushed, uh, when he's forced to have to go to uh, a smartphone because, it's almost darn near impossible if you go to your Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile store to find what's technically called feature phones or dumb phones now. Yeah, it's, it's you very go easy to... No, oh, that's yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> it's very easy to slip into this mentality that, oh, everybody knows what LinkedIn is. you know, Because you've got a couple hundred blind people that you follow on Twitter and you work for a company that is highly technological. And so you lose sight that maybe the thousand blind people that are geeks that you know are far outnumbered by the hundreds of, you know, thousands of non techie people out there. And you just sort of assume that everybody knows this stuff. And they honestly, you know, working every day with people who the majority of the staff members at where I work, they don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, that's the argument that you run into a lot with why is there a Victor Reader stream? Why is there a book sense? Why is there a Braille note? Why is there a Braille sense? Why is there some type of hardware that we would put in a older class or people who aren't using an iPhone or an Android phone? You know, what is the matter with you? Why don't you already have that? And there is kind of a generational gap to technology to begin with, but this gap came on pretty quickly as far as technology is concerned within the last five years. I mean, we're celebrating a fifth year of iPhone accessibility this year with voiceover on the three GS and above. And I think a lot of people took to it really well. And then I've met people who need hand over hand training on iOS. They grew up with somebody sitting in the room, training them, and then memorizing it in task specific knowledge. And they literally need something like a KNFB reader app versus Prismo because it's more designed to them or will be more simple to use for them versus why can't you just go get this app and then label some buttons and then blah, 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 blah. yes, 
you can do that because you feel comfortable doing that. But there is a sizable part of the population that does not. And I just saw them <laughs> get a convention. Yeah. Something happened to me today. There is an internet radio station that is available via the internet radio portion of the Victor stream. However, it's not available on TuneIn Radio on the iPhone. So this person I'm working with, they have both. And they tell me that the station has broken because I put in a custom URL. So I went to check it out. Sure enough, when I double tap on the URL that I custom put in, all I get is a blank station page. It doesn't jump to the Play Now button. And it turns out there's an issue with TuneIn now with custom URLs because I even put my own custom URL in and the same thing happened on my phone. And so this friend of mine said, well, that doesn't happen on my stream. That's why I like my stream better than my iPhone. <laughs> and I'm just sort of shaking my head. My stream doesn't oh have a business God. model to have that content fall into TuneIn's directory. So Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> TuneIn does. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that can be an issue. And TuneIn specifically had some issues in iOS that weren't in Android. So mm -hmm. those who were using the Android edition didn't know what all the people were talking about in iOS when there were some issues. Or when an app degrades, let's say Netflix. Netflix tends to degrade faster on iOS than it does on Android sometimes. And again, this is very subjective. And it's also very much dependent on the time that you hear this. Because both can be fixed by the time you listen to this show. That's the beauty of the internet and rapid release schedule and apps. Or with TuneIn Radio, they could just adjust their look and feel to look like iOS 7. I was so disappointed. Oh, come on. That killed me. <laughs> I use the podcast app in Apple now. I, I'm good. I'm totally fine. And I use iTunes Radio. It's the best. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so enough yeah. about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Check back issues of uh, high contrast for those gripes about iOS 7. We're getting that iOS 8 show all ready for you guys this fall. It's going to be great. It's going to be a revisit. It's going to be, actually, there's a lot of neat stuff. We can't talk about it yet. Some of it's still under NDA, but there's going to be some actual stuff aimed at low vision people and in Yosemite Sam. I mean, Yosemite, uh, which is coming out soon, about to hit public beta at the time of this recording. Should be a rootin' tootin' good time. I want the next one to be Waskly Wabbit, but I know that's not going to happen. It's just. Yeah. <sighs> That could be the update. So anyway, you guys headed off to wonderful conventions, conferences, whatever you want to call them, Comic-Con, yeah. dressed up as your favorite battle cat or whatever, you know. Uh, uh -huh. And before we started this episode, we were talking a little bit about issues that you might have had while traveling, and you both had sort of differing experiences. So what kind of happenings did you experience in the last few weeks? Anything great? Anything wonderful? And each 24 sucks sometimes equally as well. <laughs> if you are traveling, you might use Grubhub or E24 on one of your mobile devices or even the website because it's a great way to be able to find out what's near you and what delivers. Sometimes that's better than asking Siri or Google Now. And I found to be an issue that either the sign up process didn't always work with TalkBack or VoiceOver or in some cases, when you finally did get your credit in, it didn't seem to pull right. And then it had, I guess, no pro version. And I've seen this with Astro File Manager and some others, the in-ad pop-up. So you're like walking along, you know, like, woo, this is really good. And I like this. Hey, there's an ad. Where did that come from? Because you went far enough that they had to throw an ad at you and you have to find the X 
click it, and then you're back to wherever you started from. And so I ran into that once or twice with some of these apps, and I don't blame them. That's the beauty of freemium. But I also wish there were some pro versions of that because I could not necessarily have my focus taken away when I go to like what I think is going to be results, but instead it's a gigantic ad. The menus are usually accessible though in a lot of these apps if you can get them to work all the way through and you can find the search and be able to get to information like that. But I did find myself still kind of breaking out the PC at one point and Google searching and finding like even PDFs that I could read with the menus on it and then order from there. The process when it does work though is kind of neat because it's nice to have your order has been processed and they have your phone number and credit card. So when they get to the lobby, you know that they're downstairs. You just have to go down and get the food and you can read reviews and get a good idea of how to do that. So one of the things you really want to know is, you know, when I'm in a new city, I want to try new stuff. And I found a really good Indian restaurant near the Rosen center hotel when we were in Orlando and that allowed us to order food and convert all the podcasts and get them uploaded back to Jamie and Derek and Patrick to put on the network. So that's how we kind of sort of do that is after we're done with the exhibit hall, we're already thinking about food in the car back and planning out what we want to eat and then doing all the conversion stuff in the hotel room. And that takes a while. And usually by the time we're done with it, the food shows up and it's just a happy day. But I like using those apps when I go somewhere to be able to find menus or even if you're on the road in a car with somebody, it's nice to be able to read the menu before you get there. So you don't have that whole, uh, I'm going to read this menu to you as a sighted person. And then I'm going to sit here for 20 minutes while I figure out what I want to eat. But you just read the menu. Yeah, but I read it to you. But you weren't thinking about what you were going to eat while you were reading. No, I was reading. How does that work? Why do you not think when you read or what? We actually had a discussion outside at work today where somebody was saying that audio description distracts them from the movie when they're sighted. They're watching somebody writing a letter and the person who is describing the movie is reading the letter as they're writing, but they're trying to read the letter with their eyes and they're being distracted by the description where they're reading the letter for you. And it's like, I can't get this description crap is distracting. And I can't really understand that because to me as a low vision person, it actually keeps me from missing stuff that I otherwise wouldn't have noticed. Okay. Let me ask you this question then. Do you find action movies helpful with description or distracting with description? And I'll let you answer. I have a thing about this. It's sort of 50-50 because, uh, you know, when you want to get in the moment and you want to be immersed in the movie, the description kind of keeps you from getting into that zone. But at the same time, one of my first descriptive movies was Alien, and there was a scene, and I'd seen this movie before, there was a scene where there was like a tentacle or something by their feet, and nobody saw it as they were walking past the alien. It was like right there, right next to them. And they described it. And I went, hmm, I never noticed that part of the movie before. <laughs> so it could be useful and distracting. I'm just trying to get used to audio description because I figured out, hey, TV has auto descriptions, you know. So we did the Cosmos and did the audio description, which helped the wife out a tremendous amount other than me sitting there going, yeah, um, it's a spiral <laughs> space thing with um, looks like swirly dots and oh, and, cool. and some little swirly things. You know, uh, maybe think about a sparkler at Fourth of July. Yeah, um, uh-huh. sorry, can't help much more than that. I have no clue what I'm talking about. So we did that, and it kind of helped me because I did, had no idea how to describe rays of light and things like that. And then. Right. 
we've started watching Big Bang Theory on TBS. They have audio descriptions and Family Guy. You can actually get freaking audio descriptions on Family Guy. Oh, it's so nice to have the signs read. Which are hilarious. Yes. You know, but we were talking beforehand about 24 and I watched the most recent installment of 24, whether you hate it or like it or it's boring or whatever, with the audio descriptions. And I was like, okay, it actually pulled me in a little bit. But then at the same time, I figured out, you know, I don't really have to pay attention to the screen now. (laughs) (laughs) When they show the uh, part where they have the clock on the screen, does it say the screen says 1204-29-30? 31, 32, <laughs> A clock appears on the screen. It shows 1225. You know, something oh, like okay. that. It, it tells yeah. you that there's a clock there. And at the yeah. beginning, partially lit numbers form the number 24, you know, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it was kind of funny because you start hearing, okay, what are they going to describe? And they're like, the bald-headed thug picks up a machine gun and runs down an alley. Thug. I was like, okay, I never would have thought to hmm. do thug, you know, terrorist or something, but no, thug. Hooligan, deviant. You know, they start using all old-time words, you know. But I've started turning that on, and like for USA Network, I watch Covert Affairs, which is like a fast-paced spy thing and best thing possible. Hey, they're talking in a foreign language. Holy crap, it'll read me the, the subtitles. subtitles. Yeah! <laughs> that works for Skyfall. Oh, oh, that's something I want. I want a DVD player that reads me the subtitles when I'm watching a foreign language movie. Or, like, you know, Klingon. I want it to read it to me. Come on, it's encoded text. You should be able to do it. Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, the biggest problem that I've run into with the secondary channel is that if I'm watching something like MasterChef or Hell's Kitchen or something on Fox you know, and all of a sudden the local news decides to put up flash flood warning for your area. And that just <laughs> stays on the screen. There's no descriptions. Eh, burning into the screen at the bottom left or bottom right, and your eye keeps going to it. Doesn't matter what's going on on the main part of the screen. You keep going down there. And by the way, don't ever download movies off the internet because the entire time you're watching the movie and they have the German subtitles in the bottom of the screen, you just keep trying to read it. (laughs) You just keep looking downwards. The problem with the weather alerts is the fact that it comes in and it doesn't allow the description to continue. That's annoying. So you could have a whole hour of a show and it's just nothing. Mm. You're like, uh, where'd it go? You know, but I've kind of gotten into that and I can feel it sort of taking me out of the excitement. I've started really having more experience with DBS in the 90s when I worked at the radio reading service and learning how it was scripted and what it took to do one of those. And I used to have to clean the reel-to-reels at night. And on Wednesday night, KUHT would break in to us because we would piggyback on them on SAP. So when it was not described video, you would get the radio reading service on Channel 8, which was kind of cool. But they would take over the feed for things like Mystery or Masterpiece Theater or something like that. And I got into CAD file only because I'd have to hear it and monitor the station while I was cleaning all the reel-to-reels. It was also the same way that I one year got to listen to the Pelican Brief, whether I wanted to read it or not, because it was on while I was doing cleaning the actual book. Someone read the Robert Grisham book, not the movie. Anyway, the thing that I always found interesting was that people notice like, you know, he wears a tweed jacket and sighted people go, I never even realized that was a tweed jacket. I mean, now that I'm looking at it, it makes sense for 
me, when it's an action film, it can actually work against me because I have enough vision to make out some of the things that are happening on screen. I saw the movie Troy with description and where it worked for me was great because it's a bunch of guys wearing sandals and togas and beards. And I couldn't tell one guy from another. It was just like, you know, oh, look, random dude talks to other random dude. I think that dude is Brad Pitt. So Achilles enters the tent. Yay. I know who that is. That was great. When they had the big battle scene, they couldn't keep up with the action. And if it's a fast paced film, like 300 or something that does a lot of quick or jump cuts, it just throws me really, really bad. And I actually will take the headphones out until the battle scene is over because it just will pull me out of it more than it will pull me into it. And I can sometimes see that something's already happened and the description has to catch up. And that will just kind of throw me. And to get the obligatory Doctor Who reference in here to annoy Rodney, (laughs) the opening of The Name of the Doctor, Clara sees all the other 11 Doctors and works with them. And I've watched that scene a zillion times visually. The audio description captures one-tenth of what happens in that section because there's just so much that happens so fast that it couldn't possibly describe everything that's going on when they're describing something that happened two scenes back as the third doctor drives by in the yellow Jeep. So it can work for you and it can work against you depending on what the film is. And I told Jamie Pauls, our host of Serotalk, when he went to go see Gravity, Gravity was recorded with spatial audio and it was done in really good, good, good 7.1 DTS and AC3 Dolby Digital. And I specifically didn't do gravity with description because I wanted to enjoy that audio soundscape because when people float to your left, they literally are on your left. They float behind you. They float to your side. And in a lot of theaters I've run into, the DVS track is mono. And it just really takes me out of that audio experience. I could have used it for X-Men Days of Future Past. I didn't even think about it when I went to go see it. And that's actually a film I could have used that for. Because if there's a lot of silvery, glittery stuff or grayscale, and there's a lot of grayscale in that movie, it kind of would help me a little better there. Especially if you don't know your mutants, if you don't know who Storm is, if you don't know anybody but Wolverine, then probably it would help to know that that's, you know, say Quicksilver or somebody like that in there. And especially when they start jumping from the old to the new cast, you know, oh, that's young Magneto, you know, (laughs) that's a film where that can sort of work. I'm of two minds. Sometimes I really enjoy it. And sometimes if it's not done right, it can be very distracting because they might not necessarily do Sherlock is a good one. The BBC Sherlock is very good at explaining what you need to know in a scene. I've had people visually tell me something else is going on that wasn't audio described. It didn't hurt me not knowing that. I mean, it was certainly helpful to go, oh no, he's actually playing with blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's kind of neat. But they do tend to give you the stuff you need to know to help play along with what's being like the mystery. That's why I was interested to see 24 because at times they will show you four panes on a screen and it'll be four different actions going on. And the audio description would say four boxes appear on the screen in the top left is so-and-so going to a meeting, you know, in the right one, someone's driving in a car, you know, sort of gave you a quick little 30 word little blurb about what you were actually looking at. And there's usually no dialogue when they have all four up there. So that kind of works for you. You just hear murmurings of, of what people are doing or like at the very beginning of this season, it's like, okay, there's a SWAT team 
they're going down an alleyway. They're looking at different things. It's jumping around a lot. And there's like a whole bunch of action. And I was like, whoever's doing the audio description for this has to be tired at the end of this episode because <laughs> they were just, they were just on top of every little thing that was going on. And I was like, this is amazing how they do that. But then you watch something like Big Bang Theory and there's not a lot of space in there to fit in things. Right. Right. A sitcom doesn't work very well. If listening to it wears you out, <laughs> you know, then you got a problem. It does kind of work. Big Bang Theory, there was an episode, I think it was where Howard Wallowitz was having his bachelor party and Leonard takes a dollar bill out and he's got it and he lays it down on the table and the guy from the comic book store picks it up and puts it in his pocket real nonchalantly. I've seen that episode probably 20 or 30 times and I never picked up on that. You know, so it's just one of those things where some things work and so far I haven't run into anything that was just outrageous other than telling me what color someone's eyes were and how it reflected on their shirt collar. Howard, come up here and scrape my bunions and turn on Serial Talk Podcast Network for me! (laughs) (laughs) High definition, oh gosh, high definition on something like that. With geek friends, though, can be even worse because they'll be like, oh, there's like a limited edition variant cover on the back left at the comic book store. Dude, I don't, I, I didn't, I could live without knowing that. That just makes me more jealous that they have actual real comics that are very rare on that screen. Don't tell me these things. I don't need to know that. You know, They have the chicken fried Oreos in the vending machine behind <laughs> Leonard. <laughs> fried chicken Oreos. Oh. Fruit Punch Oreos were bad enough, Doc. Dude, on it. I've, I was listening to your Noms special, and I was sleeping. I was in a dead, cold sleep, <laughs> and I woke up to you. <laughs> we put him to sleep. No, that is the no. uh, primary. That is probably the best compliment no. we've gotten about end of line, probably. <laughs> no, no, I, Sponsors, pay attention. I <laughs> tend to sleep with podcasts going, so of course the Noms special comes on as I'm dead, and you wake me up. Nearly throwing up on fruit punch Oreos at three yes. in the morning. I'm I hearing, oh God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost really did. That is not a lie. <laughs> that was a difficult one. Out of all the noms we've done, I was not looking forward to them. And from the moment that I opened up that bag, and by the way, the cracked research staff found that for a dollar in clearance. And I said, you could have left it there. The minute and they did not smell as bad as you thought they were going to smell. And when you opened up that thing, cause you know, it's got the little tape and you pull it up and it pulls away from the Oreo bag. And just the second the aroma wolfed out of there, <laughs> I just was like, Oh, I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this so much. And they were yellow cookies and they had like the pink reddish cake icing that you may sometimes see in chopped. You know, like, you know, cake icing, you know, <laughs> open up your baskets and just vile, just <laughs> absolutely vile. I've eaten a lot of bad Oreos on our show, the lemon ones. And there's actually a limeade one, I think, floating around right now. But those were by far the ones that I really have detested the most and look, looked not forward to eating. So that was a natural reaction. And we don't eat those things and we don't even smell them until we actually get on the show and record. So that's actually where description really helps. <laughs> your description on that Joe show? Joe Steinkamp nearly hurls all over the mixer board. <laughs> the peanut butter cup ones were good. 
The thing about convention that can sometimes be very bad, though, is that. Oh, wait, we were talking about convention. That's right. We started this whole tangent with an actual topic. (laughs) um, Yeah. The actual convention travel and food and things, you can actually do some things that you want to, you know, you can memorize the way you put your shoes or, you know, memorize the room. And one of the things that I've learned lately is that plugs are in the bases of lamps. I'm seeing more and more hotels. So when you go to plug in your phone or your laptop or something like that, you can plug it directly into the lamp. And that's kind of helpful. So you don't have to like pull the furniture away from the wall and run your hands back scarily across some CSI scene of (laughs) trying to find the plug where you can put in something. Also, the thing I've noticed, and this was in Florida, they didn't charge me to use the wired connection. They wanted to charge me to use the wireless connection. And that's when you just bring your own wireless access point. Yeah. Which I thought was just a trip. Just a trip. Like, you know, who would have an Ethernet connector anymore? But that's more important if you are going to try and log in because some of those hotel man-in-the-middle websites are not very accessible with voiceover or talk back or even inverting the colors and trying to do it with a screen magnifier. And, you know, you might find yourself using a mobile hotspot if you brought one with you more and more and more because trying to use hotel Wi-Fi is a chore. And like I said, it was like, hey, I'm going to plug in my Windows 8 laptop and then just share that because in Windows 8, you can share connections. And I was like, I'm just going to share all my devices to my freaking laptop. And this is gorgeous. I'm, you know, high speed. This is sweet. Because most of the hotel Wi-Fi also, it'll let you grab your email. It will let you kind of surf. But the minute you want to do audio or video or any type of fun, like, you know, down, pay me, give me $9.99. You know, hotels have really picked up and are very much more savvy. And that could be an issue when you go to use that. And also, I, Byron, maybe you ran into this at yours. Why can't you just like white for shampoo or white for conditioner and red for shampoo? I mean, it's all universal color. There's no, if you forgot to bring your shampoo or something like that, all of the stuff that they put on the counter is so nondescript and looks the exact same. And it could just be the same solution in every bottle. Yeah, and I get into the shower, and I typically don't shower with my glasses on. So, you know, I'm sitting there staring at all these white <laughs> bottles with gold print on them that is like microscopic size. And I'm like, shampoo or body lotion? Um, let's find out. <laughs> or if it's conditioner. Yeah. I mean, at least if you it's conditioner <laughs> and you do the conditioning first, it's not a big deal. But if you're squirting, you know, skin lotion in your hair, that could be a little of a problem. Yeah. And take a long time to get out with soft Mm -hmm. water. (laughs) You could be be there a while. But boy, did your hair shine. It it smells soft and just, you know, oh, it's great. But caffeine and decaffeinated, if you're, you know, someone who's supposed to keep caffeine out of his life, that could be a problem. And sometimes that's written rather than the bags are in different colors. And you can't necessarily scan them because they don't have a UPC code or anything like that on them. Or the bags will be red and green. And then somebody's... (laughs) Color issues. Yeah. <laughs> Why gray coffee sounds delicious. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, you, you go to a store, you look for the decaf. The decaf is always usually marked with a green label of some sort. You know, Folgers, yeah. it'll be a green can or a red can. Right. Maxwell House will be oh, But that reminds blue, me of something have, else, though. Hmm? Have you seen, like, clocks are getting bigger? You know, older Americans. 
the clock that was at the Orlando hotel I was in, the letters were like at least three or four inches high, big red <laughs> letters of like, it's seven sixteen. You know, I'm going to turn and face you to the wall because I actually, that's kind of distracting. And more televisions also where you turn it on and there's a menu like, hi, welcome to so-and-so hotel. No, I just want to get to the news. Would you like to say yes or no to this? I can't even see what the hell you're telling me yes and no about. Just, okay, channel won't do it. Volume won't do it. How do I get past this? Before you know it, Joe has $300 worth of charges on his room bill. Yeah, next thing you know, you've watched like $85 worth of pay-per-view, and you're like, I didn't agree to any of that. I just wanted to see the news. Well, one of the things that's kind of a pro tip, when you go to the hotel, if you run out of electrical ports and you don't mind having the TV on, there's typically USB ports on the back of the TVs now. So you can charge up your phone, but the TV's got to be on. That's one thing I learned very quickly. I tried to charge my phone with the TV off, and that wasn't working. (laughs) No power was going through. Nope. If you're having problems with the lights in the room, you could always make sure that in your carry bag that you go with, you have some gaffer's tape or electrical tape, something like that, so that you can go through and cover up all of the little lights in the room. My biggest thing now is listening to wrestling podcasts. Now that they said Doctor Who, I can say wrestling. (laughs) But I was listening to a, a Steve Austin podcast, and he was like, yeah, we were so cheap. We'd go into a hotel room, and we'd want darkness. We'd nail the uh, <laughs> shades to the wall with a nail gun, and then we'd go through and we'd cover up all the little lights with tape, and it'd be a perfectly black room. I thought you were going to say, you know, okay, the trick is to take some gaffer's tape and just tape that over your eyes, <laughs> and you're all set. No, that would be ECW. No, no, that's different. That's totally different. But I was like, I never thought about the window oh, yeah. coverings, because nine times out of ten, they're so stiff, they never will stay against the window. They always blow out with the air that you've got. I actually have to remind, and to this day, some blind individuals at convention and when I worked at the state, we had a very nice lady walk in and start disrobing and not knowing that the curtains were open by the pool. Uh That was very nice. We were all about to be exposed to more of her than we (laughs) expected. So we went and ran and knocked on her door. It was like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And there's a real problem with that. Embassy Suites. There's someone in the industry, I will not say who, at CSUN who had a room and the elevators open up right into the rooms and you can see through the window at Embassy Suites into the suite area. But the bathroom is directly within line of sight of the window. So this friend of mine stepped out of the shower naked right about the time he realized that those curtains were open and two women were in the elevator when the doors opened. And I said to him, what did you do? And he goes, I waved and went right back into the bathroom. (laughs) Wow. You know, I I always have this fear of, you know, because the door for the bathroom and the door for the actual hallway sometimes feels very similar. They're both very heavy doors. Mm -hmm. And I just read, you know, waking up in the middle of the night without my glasses on in my underwear and opening the door to the hallway and locking myself out with no key. Mm, I've known someone else in the industry who locked himself out and had to walk barefoot down to the nice. to the front desk to get the key at a convention in Las Vegas. There's all sorts of hotel horror stories I know from people in the business. I myself have done dumb things, but nothing to that way. The ones that I've usually done is I want to know my sound landmarks. You know, when I get out of the elevator, oh, the ice machine is to my left. So my room is on the right. So I'll go walking around and learn where the fire exits and stuff are. 
when we had the National Federation of the Blind Convention in Detroit, it was in the GM Renaissance Center, which is a round, bloody building, and it has circles that are not all even. So there are circles within circles on walkways, and different diameters led you different places. And when you walk with sighted people who stop and go, wait, wait, let me see where I am then I didn't feel so bad not being able to find my way around that hotel. But <laughs> there, there was a CVS on like the third floor and that became my landmark because I could see the red letters from the CVS across the concourse. And um, a friend of mine says, well, I'll meet you at Starbucks. I was walking and I could smell the coffee, but I couldn't tell if it was above me or below me on one of the little circles. And so I, I kept wa- going down at different escalators and just... <laughs> <laughs> just follow your coffee. nose <laughs> and uh eric damry from freedom scientific walked by with a cup of coffee in his hand and i go where'd you get that and he goes this is mine <laughs> i don't want your coffee i just wonder where you got it <laughs> i got a breakfast meeting <laughs> hook me up yeah <laughs> dude i just i just need coffee just give me a sip man just give me so that story basically just tells us that there is a really bad joke about a light switch in a round room. Oh, no, I will not go down any of those particular possible generic insert nationality here jokes. Anyway, moving away from that. So that's what I've seen in hotels lately is this new trend to put the Wi-Fi password on your little slip that comes with the keys, you know, where they put it in the little envelope or they tell it to you really quick. And it's usually nothing, you know, hard to remember. Once when you hear it, you can usually kind of sort of get it. But when when you have to go through that weird site to be able to put that in, to be able to use the Wi-Fi on a device that you usually don't care about anymore, that's what I've kind of sort of run into. And I do see this also. When you're checking in, it's not bad anymore. It used to be, remember, you have to sign here and sign there. Usually I've been able to sign in the places that they want you to sign now, which that used to be the worst. Like, you know, put the electronic signature, no, here. No, no, here? Oh, you mean here? And it's like, let's play round the robin with the signature guide. You know what's really fun is the part in the application where they say, please put your car's make and model. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Ambutech cane roller tip. No. (laughs) Yeah. Guide dog Fido seeing eye. (laughs) That's great. Uh, You should, Uh, just for fun. Just just for fun. Oh, boy. I could come up with a couple jokes here, but I'm not going to. But anyway, we started this conversation talking about glare and things. What about going to different sections of a hotel or a convention area? You know, as far as, okay, you're in one area, you have to leave that building and go to another building. What kind of issues have you run into as far as that? You know, having to navigate narrow walkways, anything. You know, where your terrain or your outdoor climate just immediately changes and you're sort of, <gasps> wait a minute, where am I? I've heard of people saying, well, you know, I had to go across this walkway and it was really narrow and I wasn't really sure where the edges of it were, you know, that kind of thing. And I was afraid I was going to fall off. I didn't know whether it was grass on the sides or not. I've heard horror stories about that, you know, where people are paranoid you know, uh, I can't go get ice. It's down that deadly side. ATIA, <laughs> they actually put carpet on the ground and you stay on the carpet to get from the front to say like the exhibit hall or to some of the hotels. 
And so you just stay on the carpet and that will take you there, which is kind of good because they have a bunch of round circles at ATIA in Florida where they hold it at the Royal Caribbean or Royal something or other. I can't remember what it is today. And it's kind of good because that hotel can be very, very confusing. I've used click and go maps a long time ago to do that. And that was kind of helpful where, you know, take 35 steps, then turn left, which is just super cool. Somebody spent that much time and hopefully indoor mapping and what Google and iBeacons are doing. That'd be great because Byron, you remember talking signs. Remember, we're going to do this with RFID and we were going to do this with infrared and you know, you'd be able to find a booth or a store. The little box where you'd hold the button down, you do the wide uh-huh. arcing motion with it, with the button held down, and oh wait, uh-huh. exit, 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 exit. <laughs> oh, good, I found the door. <laughs> How many demonstrations have you sat through on those, man? This oh my real, god, you'll be able to find your way around this. Hotels could be built like shopping malls. I've been hearing about indoor signs since 1995. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, where is that technology? Where are we on that? <laughs> well, Google now will give you a uh, map of the shopping mall when you walk in, if it knows it, which is kind of neat. doesn't really read well, but it's there. With all kinds you of pastel here. colors that you can barely that's, see. That's and it. Zombie mall. 3D boxes that don't really mean anything. And, uh, yeah. Those are great. Well, getting to what Rodney was talking about, you can have weird color schemes, right? The wall is gray. The room is written in black letters on a big silvery or gold chrome looking thing. And find Salon 6. Good luck. uh, And if you're lucky, they didn't paint it on. You know, it's kind of engraved. So you can kind of go Salon. Oh, 6. Okay. Or if you're super lucky, there's Braille there. I'm starting to see that a lot more at hotels. And that can be helpful when you go from that one side of the room to the other, or there's one accent wall that's painted in a weird color, or there's track lighting in the lobby, but then there's that weird fluorescent lighting in the ceiling that kind of reflects upward. So there's kind of this dim haze lighting. There's no direct, it's all indirect incandescent lighting. Therefore, you went from real low lighting, obtuse lighting, where there's no, hey, I think I'm going to use the flashlight app to be able to read this wall. That can be helpful. But I've also, in what Rodney was talking about, when you had to go to the exhibit hall in Orlando, you have to go out of the dark hotel, which is mostly earth tones, onto this giant walkway that makes you feel like you're going back to the cafeteria in school. It is covered and it's got railings, but it does feel disconcerting to have to walk out there in brightness, especially when it's 93 degrees in Orlando and then walk into the exhibit hall, which is just dim as a pit. And it will take you a while if you have glare sensitivity or light sensitivity to kind of readjust back to something that will kind of let you maneuver if you still rely on your vision some for mobility and vice versa. If you leave there and you've gotten adjusted, then you go back out into light and it's like, yeah, there's the sun that can throw you too. Or if you've been working in the exhibit hall all day and then you have night blindness, you know, then you were fine when you stepped out earlier. But now that you come outside, it's just, Hey, all this stuff looks different and unfamiliar because well, it's dark. That can be a problem too. And that's when it's okay to ask the bellhop or the guys parking cars or even the front desk or something like that. 
for some assistance. I find those guys are more helpful than relying on the cab driver, the Uber driver, or whoever comes up to pick you up to go somewhere. Yeah, I actually have the same situation. And we talked about it in the sunglasses episode about how I don't wear sunglasses because I haven't found anything that really works for me. And the problem that I always have is I come in from the bright and it's dark and I have to stand there and sort of acclimate myself to the new lighting situation. And when you're with a group of people and they all walk into the building and they keep on going to the front desk or to the room they're supposed to be going to and you sort of stop to readjust and then you've lost them or they think that you're lollygagging and looking at things and it's like no no i cannot see where i'm going it's time to whip out the cane yeah i don't want to walk into that great big ornamentation in the front or there's a nice koi fountain right there when you walk in so all the water just ricochets off of every freaking surface in the lobby (laughs) you Mm -hmm. have no idea where you're going and the muzak in the ceiling is pissing you off And you find out that the front desk is like a half a mile trek to the right when you kind of guess to the left. But that's concierge. He's closer to the door than the front desk. What? Yeah, I often make bets with people. All right. All right. Who's got left? Who's got right? Who's got dead center? Take your bets. Spin your wheel. Here we go. Let's find out where the front desk is. It's time to play left, right, and center. (laughs) When walking with a group or whatever, and I run into this whenever I go to lunch with a bunch of people, and you go from outside to inside, and you're kind of like, oh, crap, we're going to that restaurant where you can't even see anything because it's dark wood, it's dark carpet. Everything in there is completely dark. And this little tea light right in the middle of the table for light, right? The little tea light. Like, they're going to put fondue right in the middle of your table? Something like that. So usually what I try to do is find the person that's got the lightest clothing on. Yes! And I sort of position myself behind that person and say, okay, I'm not really a pervert, but I'm going to watch her butt all the way to the (laughs) table because I can see her pants. Thank God she's not skinny. That worked out really well. No, I'm... (laughs) Try getting drunk in a large city with friends, okay? And they all decide that they would like to leave the comfort and sanctity of the hotel room so they can go out and get food or do whatever it is they want to do. And you're like, no, no, I'm cool. I'm going to stay here and just chill out. No, come on, Byron. Let's go. Let's go outside in the big, massive mob of people. It'll be fine. And so you're like, all right, eyes firmly planted on the dude with the red shirt. Do not let go of that particular (laughs) target. Don't look at anything else. If I look away for five seconds, I'm disoriented. I'm drunk. I'm going to lose these people. And I will be in the middle of Manhattan, out of my mind, not knowing where the heck I am. That's always fun. I will sleep in the car sometimes, right? And if it's like, let's get up at four in the morning so we can get a jump on the day. And my driver tends to like pilot gas stations or those flying J's. <laughs> those are funny because the first three or 400 times I've been in one of those, a shower is ready. Do you need a shower? Oh, that's right. This is a truck stop. I can sit here. I'm holding a Kit Kat. I was wondering why I'm hearing over the overhead that Shower 32 is ready. I just don't. You know what's really weird is that the tanker full of gas that says Flying J on the side, gas is flammable. Why does the tanker look like a giant cigarette? I swear, I don't understand it. (laughs) It's distinctive. It's ski. It's telling you, oh, no, the one that I can't stand. I saw this more in California. The ads on gas pumps. So they show you an ad while you're sitting there pumping gas. And to hear like 32 of those things all going off at a giant station at one time. Giant gas stations did that. And that was very disconcerting. Because I would try and hone in on my car. 
but it was the same ad coming from like all these different gas pumps. And it was just like, <laughs> would you like a hot dog? No, I told you no. I told you okay, no. Our pump is the one that's playing the Tampax ad. Okay. Uh, no, no, I don't want a hot dog. Hey, you know what's really weird about hotels is that sometimes you've got the second level above the lobby. And those yep. two bottom floors have a giant window, like a mm-hmm. huge panel window that covers both floors. And then you've got the gangway, the platform basically on the second level that you walk across to get to the oh. other side and you can see the lobby beneath you and the railing is glass and the window is glass and everything's uh-huh. glass except uh-huh. for the carpet you're standing on and it's glaring and everything's invisible and i'm just like i don't want to get too close to the edge because you can't see the glass and it's freaking you out was that in the apple store apple stores are actually very bad about that so let me add two more to that scenario yes no but they actually had to put tape there on the doors to show you that they are doors now they actually that was a lawsuit they, this is a door this is a window don't screw that it up <laughs> that don't walk into that yeah the embassy suites again right they have that kind of atrium kind of feel to them in the middle where all the breakfast is and stuff and the glass elevators i don't like heights and so when i hear that wide open space to my left exactly what you're talking about i hug that wall You know, it is just, I will become one with this wall and I will trail that wall. The problem is for a long time, the plan for those hotels was to have lantern-like lights sticking out of the wall about my head level. And so I would have to walk kind of 45 degrees leaning left and (laughs) look like I had some type of back problem because I'm hugging the wall not wanting to let go but I'm leaning to the left while I'm walking down there so I don't bang my head into these stupid lights that are about head level and yeah those can be bad and at night it's worse because with glaucoma my eye is drawn to the bright light like a moth And there's all that darkness to my left (laughs) and then these lights and I'll be like, I can't see. I see a little better. I can't see again. I see a little better. I can't see. Oh God, I hope this is my room. (laughs) And that's, those are some hotels that I will sort of go, where are we staying? Embassy suites. Oh, really? Oh man. That's actually the hotel that they had the uh, ACB convention at the uh, Riviera. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are correct. That is a nightmare of a hotel to walk around. That is around. a pit. Earth tones upon earth tones. Well, and the thing is, they don't want you to find your way out of the casino. If you're slightly intoxicated no. or maybe even just tired, you'll never, ever, ever see the light <laughs> of day. Uh, it's just good luck getting out of there. <laughs> Look, Lucky Seven. It's Big Ben Parliament. I heard they're going to have the uh, convention at the same hotel four years from now. Great, because I guess I'm never leaving. I'll be here. <laughs> You know, nothing says better for a blind person to be in a room full of flashing, bright, yelling people, winning, putting in money, and having no way to actually use echolocation whatsoever. I mean, that Mm -hmm. is just the best way to show independence whatsoever is, you know, we're going to put you in the middle of this, and then you have to come find us. And if you do, you win a mobility prize because, holy crap, I, you know. What if I have a seizure? (laughs) I believe the thing to do is to sit in front of one of the blackjack tables and say, I have no money. And then they would just come and get you and throw you out. That would probably make it (laughs) a little faster because then you'd at least be out of the hotel. Just hit on the lady next to you. She'll help you out. (laughs) Or or you have to buy her a drink, something like that. There's weird rules in Vegas. Just start sitting at a blackjack table and start moving your lips like you're counting cards. They'll help you out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, has anybody read this book about 
counting cards or yeah, <laughs> how to beat the house. <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah, it's, you'll find the outside. The Stratosphere. That's one of the tallest buildings in Las Vegas. And again, hate heights. So my brother said, you never want to go up on this thing. I said, you're right. And he said, no, I'm serious. You know, after you take the elevator and pay for the enjoyment to go to the roof, there is a roller coaster type thing at the top of this. It'll shoot you 10 more stories into the air, like a mag lift, and then pull you back down. And I was like, ah, no. And he goes, yeah, yeah. But the part you wouldn't like is, is that you can feel the building sway a little. Oh, and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm never, ever, oh. ever, ever. Oh. Never ever going up there for any reason whatsoever. If you ever want to hide from Joe, just hang out there. You'll never go to the top of the stratosphere. You will be right. fine. You will get the most amazing radio and television signals ever, and you will good be for fine. you. <laughs> up there, right? Okay, so you're talking about sitting at say blackjack table or something like that. What about sitting at a table and not knowing people that you know are actually sitting beside you? I've done that a few times where you're sitting there and somebody oh. goes. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, yeah, hey. Oh, I didn't recognize it was you, you know. Uh, has anybody had that kind of a problem, you know, where you feel like a total idiot because you didn't notice that your best friend was sitting like two chairs over or something? I can relate. So I went to Fump Fest, which is a comedy music convention, and Fump stands for Funny Music Project. Dr. Demento was the guest of honor at this particular event. And he is sitting in the chair next to the stage because he is going to be on next with his Festival of Dementia. That just so happens to be right next to my table, which is the audio table. I'm doing all the mixing and level checking and all that for the recordings. My friend Dwayne goes, hey, and he's sitting across from me in the audience chairs. And he goes, hey, Byron, you should say hi to Dr. Demento. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm reaching over. Uh, you know, controlling the mixer, looking at my computer, reading chat room comments and stuff. And he goes, no, I mean, you should say hi to him. He's sitting there right next to you. And I'm like, my hero? Where? <laughs> so that was an incredibly awkward moment. And he got a picture of me paying absolutely no attention uh, to Dr. Demento sitting right next to me while I'm fiddling with knobs and buttons and such. So that was kind of an embarrassing moment of mine. I do that, unfortunately, with people in the industry. People I've worked with for years, my vision has sort of changed or they've changed. We've all gotten a little older. And I did that in Orlando with Dan Warwick. And I did that with a friend of mine from Freedom Scientific back at CSUN where I was just like, oh, my gosh, I totally didn't realize that was you. I'm sorry. Yeah, if it's a certain height or a certain nondescript or if I don't hear their voice first sometimes, you know, and that's mm -hmm. why you have to be careful at a work event because you don't want to talk, you know say something strange about a product or person, uh, you know, what's your opinion about that? I have no opinions whatsoever about anything because I have no idea who could be standing next to me. <laughs> you know, no that Dr. Demento guy, you know, he's such a jerk face because he charges people for his podcast. Hi, Dr. D, longtime fan. You're my biggest hero. <laughs> I want to kiss your butt. I mean, her butt. That's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I run into that kind of thing oh, where... So you're in a meeting, you know people because you've talked to them on the phone, you can pick up on their voice and everything, but you're like, uh, have I met that person? I don't know whether I should actually go up and say, <laughs> hi, I'm, well, yeah, we've worked together for four years. Don't you know me? 
what is the problem? Are you blind or something? You oh. know, I mean, I always run into that kind of thing. Because yeah. there'll be people that I work with that I see them maybe once a year in a meeting or something. And the other times it's either email or yeah. a phone or something. And you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know most of the people. Yeah. Somebody walks by you in the hallway and goes, hello, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Who the heck was that? <laughs> Or you get the, I waved at you and you didn't say anything. I actually had this happen to me because there was this woman at the same convention who uh, has helped me out numerous times with getting places and helping me find things and stuff. And um, she comes up to the audio table and I'm, again, trying to pay attention to audio. And she goes, you know, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, hi, what's your name? And she just got pissed off and turned around and walked away. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm blind. I don't know if you noticed this thing. So, yeah, that was another unpleasant situation. And see, I don't really identify other than when I'm sitting at my computer and things like that, because I use telescopic glasses to do my daily work and everything. Mm -hmm. But if I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm just Joe Blow sitting in a meeting and then they'll throw things up on the dad blame uh, projector screens, you know, and their computer screens and the print's really small and everything. So yeah. best of luck reading that, you know, or somebody will say, oh, is this the numbers that you're talking about? And they'll flip their laptop around to you. I don't know. What numbers are they? <laughs> Johnny just graduated from high school. Oh, you want to see the pictures? Not really. <laughs> I don't have a polite way of saying I am indifferent to the whole concept of Johnny or the pictures, but yes, I will hand them here and I will make the swiping gesture once or twice. Oh, that is really nice here. <laughs> I have a whole room of too. teddy bears. Just- Do you think this teddy bear actually follows you when you move around the picture? You know, people think, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's Teddy Ruxpin. You bet. You know, what's really fun is when you go to show somebody a picture on your phone. You know, here, check out this picture. It's neat. And you'll hand it to them. And then they start swiping to look at other pictures. I'm like, no! <laughs> I did not give you an invitation to go through my picture. Don't look at what I put on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> That's when having talk back or voiceover is awesome at that point. Because they try to do single taps on stuff. And they're like, wait. It's broken. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's too bad. Too bad. Yeah, <laughs> give it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You betcha. Except when you worked at a vocational rehabilitation agency, they just turn it off and keep swiping. So there's a problem there. It's like, oh, that's just triple click home. You taught me that during training. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Fine. We see that you can't be trusted with the power, the knowledge. Oh, goodness. We will teach you no more of our secrets. None, sight people. There was a great Onion radio news thing where uh, it said something like, you know, blind people are faking it. They have these truncheons and attack dogs and a secret code that can be found on many elevators. And I love that thing. I do remember that. That article. was great. Also, look up the MacBook wheel. That's one of my all-time favorite onions. Ooh, I have to find that. That's just like you get people and they'll say, you know, I'm going through the drive-thru at this restaurant. Why is there Braille on the drive-thru menu? I may have actually been with a group of blind people that walked up and read it just to see how accurate it was. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. there may have been alcohol involved. There's actually a very good reason for that. You might be a person driving a car, but you are not the only person who would be sticking your arm out the window to read things. If a blind person is in the backseat of a car, they could just as easily read the Braille on the ATM or menu or... How many people do you know that read Braille with their left hand? You could twist. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know one. I know one person who reads left-handed. I'm not saying it can't be done. And how many people have has an arm that will actually reach about six feet when it's off in the grass? You know, <laughs> it's not even next to the street. Hold on, let me get out of the car. <laughs> you can hang. Okay. Did, sure. Grab my ankles. I'm going to read this braille sign. <laughs> oh, Drive <God>. really slow. <laughs> Stop looking up my can. I'm ah. so glad I wore pants yes. today. Uh, just make sure the drapes oh, are closed. Well, I think that's what we've learned from this episode. Make sure the drapes are closed. Mm, embassy Suites. Yes. High contrast full of all sorts of life lessons. You know, and the funny part is, is that when we started this episode for the folks, I'll, I'll, I'll break the... This was nothing like the I'll, outline. <laughs> I'll break the kayfabe here. Uh, we actually had an outline that really didn't go anywhere other than this is episode 23. Nope. Uh, so now you have yep. been listening to what we consider a show. And hopefully you've learned something from that. Comedy gold, kids. Comedy gold. Mm. Yeah. That's what we call saving outlines for leftovers, right? We'll just save that for the next one. <laughs> now we have episode 24 already written out. <laughs> Sweet. Exactly. Exactly. They don't know how much we do this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think it is time to head off into a break. And after that, you will hear Joe Steinkamp. I think we've heard of him before. Uh, give us a nice iOS review of Codename Cygris, which is a free app that you... Cygnus. Cygnus? Cygnus. Okay. It's Codename Cygnus. And you can play with your eyes closed. Great. For when the light's too bright and I can't find the freaking light switch to turn it off. Okay. Yes. Great. So anyway, you are listening to High Contrast here on SPN. Tim's is proud to introduce the Blaze EZ, our new handheld multiplayer. Blaze EZ gives you power and versatility in a device that's simple to use. Blaze EZ is in a league all of its own. A 5 megapixel camera gives you the power to scan menus, brochures, and other printed texts. Wi-Fi gives you access to podcasts, internet radio, and other content. Bluetooth lets you connect wirelessly to an external speaker of your choice. And there's so much more. For more information, visit us at www.hims-inc.com. Hems, your needs are our solutions. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one with vision loss? Elegant Insights Braille Creations offers a distinctive collection of jewelry and accessories, all handcrafted, made in the USA, and embossed in crisp, readable Braille. Find us on the web at elegantinsightsjewelry.com or call us at 509-264-2588. Elegant Insights Braille Creations. Jewelry and accessories with a tactile twist. Hey everyone, Joe Steinkam back with a review. And, you know, we've talked a lot about summer. And one of the things that comes along with summer is, well, the sun and lots of light and glare and... Well, that's just hard to see your iDevice or your Android device or your Windows device in the car. I've been thinking about that a little bit. And, you know, this might be the perfect time for you to kind of build up on your non-visual skills with some games I'm going to feature over the next couple of episodes. This first one, Codename Cygnus. Yep, there's nothing like learning how to use voiceover or even your screen with very little vision than an audio game. And this audio game is really unique in that uh, you're kind of playing like, well, an audio comic book. You uh, are an 
unknown agent and you have to actually infiltrate the bad guy's lair you have to get into fist fights you have to win the girl and you also have to do all sorts of crazy things but you can do it as a bold person or a clever person that's right it's kind of like well choose your own adventure in a way and the audio is top-notch wonderful 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 discussion of uh what you're about to get into you get like a pre-mission briefing and you get uh, all sort of information as what you're doing and how you're doing it between missions because if you're trying to max out a skill you can see on a graph just how far you are from say hitting the top level of clever and you actually have some achievements tied to that in game center yep game center achievements for completing missions now the first portion of this the prologue is free if you're not sure this is going to be your cup of tea you can try it out and see what you think and then there's an in-app purchase i think it's around 2.99 for the first group of missions uh there's supposed to be some other missions coming out this year it's listed right there in the app and it is a nice way to kill time while waiting in the car or, you know, having to sit out by the pool, but you don't necessarily want to open your eyes. You just want to kind of lay there and have an adventure. And this is a wonderful way of doing such a thing. Now you can use the uh, microphone and just speak your answers. If you really don't want to find the screen, which is kind of nice. And this is voiceover friendly. So if you are a user who relies on voiceover, um, this does read and read fairly well. In fact, I think there's an achievement tied to using voiceover over, which I think is kind of neat. We've featured them on the Triple Click Home. A link to it will be featured right there in the high contrast show notes on serotalk.com. But in the meantime, go out there and save the world with Codename Sickness. And welcome back to High Contrast here on SPN. This week, we have kind of rambled and gone a long, long way down the beaten path. So we're going to skip the mailbag this week. Please drop us any comments over to resources at serotalk.com. Please give us your ideas as far as what you think of the news from Google I.O. or WWDC, as we will most likely be doing something on iOS and Android in the near future. And all comments and thoughts are welcome, as always. Again, I am Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rodney Edgar, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R. My thanks go out to the other chairs, Byron Lee of ByronLee.com, LowVisionRants.com, which he never has time to update. Hint, hint, get on that. And you can find him on Twitter at Byron27, B-Y-R-O-N-2-7. On the Twitters. Well, thank you kindly. Yes, very much so. And as always, the technical guru who can fill space as we go to dead silence, Joe Steinkamp, who you can find over at Ranger Station on Twitter. You can find out everything he does and all the folks at Serotech do at serotech.com, S-E-R-O-T-E-K.com. You can even find out things about all the shows and podcasts by heading over to serotech.com slash SPN. You can even grab their hot products and demonstration versions and all that jazz if you head over to serotech.com slash products. <sighs> Again, this is High Contrast. Drop us all your comments at resources at serotalk.com. If you like our rambling sessions, let us know, because it's very easy to put out a show that way. 
And if you are looking for ways to listen to the show, you can do so by heading over and grabbing the iBlink radio for iOS and Android. So do that. And Kindle Fire. Seriously. Seriously. Kindle Fire. I'm not kidding. For the Kindle Fire HDX. Windows Fire OS. Blackberry. uh, Happened this month. July. July 2014. Windows Phone. No. Crickets. Uh, I I have nothing that I can uh, uh, I have nothing that uh, let me give you the official <clears throat> I can no not confirm or deny that particular piece of information at this time. Okay, I think uh, Vince McMahon's theme song would probably fit right here, but I'm just guessing at that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you could find wait, but the original or the No Way in Hell? I don't wait, wait, I'm not sure which one. No chance. Mean, no chance. No wait. I don't want to know. What it's, oh, it was no chance. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No chance. No chance. Same guy who does the voice for Degeneration X. Yes. See, we could even digress on the outro. That is awesome. I'm telling you. Thank God for looping outro music, right? I it, <laughs> yep, there you go. It's very easy for us to fill time here on High Contrast. And with all of that said, we'll just say goodbye. Until next time, this has been High Contrast on FPN. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Bye-bye.